Welcome back to The Building Code. This is episode 121. Today, we have Jason Cerrone of the Chicago Lumber Company of Omaha. Charlie? Chicago of Omaha. One of the most historic lumber companies in the U.S., which I think we'll get into a little bit of a history lesson here in a bit. We'll be sure to get the full story. Jason Cerrone, uh, who was recently interviewed for the Builder Trend Data Report, uh, which will be linked to the show notes here. Uh, he's an expert here in Omaha at Chicago Lumber Company. Yeah, we're going to get into some things like supply chains, the the labor shortage. There's a lot of really important big things affecting the building industry. Let's see what Jason has to know. Jason, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? First of all, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate that. I was born and raised here in Omaha. You know, my family has been in the construction business since I can remember they were on the HVAC side. Um, in high school, worked in a cabinet shop, figured out that that's kind of what I wanted to do in the construction field somewhere. And then figured out uh, Southeast Community College is where I wanted to go. So enrolled there, got a job working in the field, framing houses after that. Um, and then shortly after that, I ended up getting married um, to what I would say is a, a saint at this point in life, <laughs> uh, a married superwoman. Nice. So um, she's listening. She with eight little boys. So um, yeah. Did you say eight? She's amazing. Eight. She yes. is a saint. Good yeah, Lord. Absolutely. She is, man. Wow. So, yeah, thanks to her. But, yeah, without her, we would be lost and, yeah, we wouldn't survive. So, um, Saint is a good way to put it. But that first, I guess, winter frame that I realized I didn't like the cold and I wanted to get into the business side of things. So, I uh, found a job estimating with Chicago Lumber Company, um, then got a big head and decided that I wanted to start my own business, building custom homes. Um, did that and then 2008 hit and was lucky enough to um, sell out to my business partner at the time. And that was right before that bubble burst. So got really, really lucky looking wow. back. I guess hindsight being 2020 was a perfect time to sell. Yeah, planned that um, perfectly. <laughs> That's a theme yeah. we've been running into. And they're like, we timed the market perfectly. Like we need to be taking yeah, notes. Yeah, absolutely. we could have done that this time too, but you know, <laughs> we saw this one coming. Um, but during that time, took a position with the local GC as a project manager, worked for them for about three or four years, then worked for a developer for about four years. And um, then third kid was on their way or on his way and uh, just, you know, wanted to be around, was traveling every week and contacted Rick Hollinger, um, Chicago Lumber Company again, just never lost contact with him and um, decided that, hey, they would make position if I wanted to come back. So they created the commercial lumber sales side of the business here. And um, that was eight years ago. So there you go. So here I, we are. I feel like we have to stop right here and ask you Chicago Lumber Company, right? You guys are located in Omaha, though. So that'll be on the title of the podcast. I'm sure people are very yeah. curious about that um, kind of naming convention. So maybe take a step back. Uh, tell us a little bit about the company. Obviously, a very historic company, one of the one of the oldest in the U.S. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that transition has happened, where they started from, and even like where they were when you worked for them. You know, two thousand eight, before that, and kind of where they're at now. So yeah, it seems more like a history lesson than a company <laughs> uh, profile. But they started back in Omaha in eighteen seventy six. Um, gentleman, a Chicago businessman named M. T. Green sent his brother-in-law down to Omaha to open up another or another yard in their chain. Um, so he sent him down here and the business was so good down here that him and another partner bought the Chicago businessman 
all the interest from him in 1894. Um, and then they, I guess, incorporated it at that time into Chicago Lumber Company of Omaha. So while its roots um, stem from Chicago, they actually bought it out and it's been owned in Omaha here um, by different businessmen and uh, different things like that since 1894. 1910, one of the partners, one of the three main partners bought the other two out. Um, and at that point, it became a family-owned business until 1952 when the heir to, I guess, him died, his wife died, and he sold out. Um, and then the owner at that time was um, Lawrence Simpson, and he started selling stock to the employees at that point. Um, and then when he died, he actually left all of his common stock to the stockholders at the time. So at that point, it became a employee owned company. Nice. And today we are 100 percent employee owned. It's awesome. Um, so, you know, 2013 is when I started my second round here. And, um, you know, it's just a great place to work employee owned and focuses on the employees. Um, we've got 10 different locations. Uh, we've got a wholesale division, retail division down here, uh, commercial division. We have a window and door store in multiple different segments in Nebraska. So Omaha, Lincoln, Norfolk, Kearney, um, where they focus 100% on new home construction, replacement, remodel, um, different things like that. So we're pretty diverse when it comes to setup of a company. Um, but yeah, great place to work, focuses on the employees and you know, that was right away my first question. You guys are a local employee-owned company in, in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm a local as well I'm from Omaha and Millard West roots. So we're getting really, really detailed here Small in my world. background. But yeah, it's just funny hearing wow, this. Wow, makes two of us. Yeah, well, Charlie, he's from O'Neill. Yeah, God's country. Okay. Yeah, true, true blue-collar God's country <laughs> area, right? Absolutely. Um, but... Do you just do work primarily in Nebraska or are you regional? Are you national? Like what's the length that your, your supply of materials can go? We generally do work right around the Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas. Um, one of our stores is in Wyoming. So we do a little bit out in Wyoming, but outside of that, we're just kind of in the, the little Midwest bubble here. Gotcha. Um, and, so. and that, are you primarily working with, Home builders, then I think I heard you mention, is that kind of your target market, or or is the commercial side kind of been the the thing that's been growing more, or like where does that the, the so business we're so diverse focus? that yeah. we actually dabble in a little bit of everything. So like our um, a lot of our not Omaha or what I would call metro based locations, um, they're kind of like your mom and pop local lumber yards. Um, so they are, they're, do, they're working with homeowners or working with builders. They're doing new home construction, stuff like that. Um, and then our, our window and door stores are focused on, you know, the homeowner or the builder specific. And then downtown here, we're more focused on multifamily apartments, assisted living facilities. Um, we got a pre-hung shop down here that pump out a bunch of doors. Um, you know, we'll do commercial projects when it comes to windows, historic window replacement, renovation, different things like that. So we hit a little bit of all the segments, to be honest with you. It's really interesting for Zach and I to get to talk to, um, you know, your your customers are also our customers, right? The people buying from the, you know, the supply chains and the lumber yards and things like that. So I think you offer a really, really unique perspective in kind of everything that's been happening over the past year. 
um, honestly, since, you know, COVID started and just the demand of new houses and, you know, the supply chain and kind of just kind of struggling to keep up. Uh, could you give us just a real, you know, high level overview of kind of all the different changes you've seen over the past year? Obviously, we've talked to our builders that are, you know, obviously struggling with the, the lumber prices and the supply chain. But if we go one level up to, you know, you guys, what is that kind of looking like um, for you and kind of where do you see it heading after this is all over? Yeah, I'd say the elephant in the room's pricing. I mean, right. it's just been it's been crazy. That's been the um, the unknown coming into this year is just where where and when is it going to stop? I mean, that's the question on everybody's mind. So, the supply side, it seems that there's just a um, there's a hesitancy for the actual dealers or wholesalers to jump in and buy a lot of lumber right now because the price is just outrageous. Um, so you talk about a, a truckload of OSB or something like that, that used to cost you $8,000, you know, now it's 30, 40 grand, oh my gosh. you know, and you're talking Insane. about these hometown lumber companies or different things like that. And you talk about guys that, you know, you have to make a decision of what product am I going to bring in, you know, where I used to be able to stock what I needed for these home builders or whatnot. Now it's costing me 40 grand where it was eight, like credit lines, banks, like this is going to hurt the small guy, right. you know? So I think that that's one thing that people don't see when, uh, when they're looking at this is those, um, those local lumber yards, you know, just how, how do they survive this? But, um, there's been so much change when it comes to lead times, um, just the, the amount of material available to the market, um, with the prices being so high and people not buying in and then projects being released the way that they have. Um, there's just so much demand for material and people not buying creates an even higher price, just the old supply right. and demand. Um, so I would say like, that's the biggest thing is just the supply demand side of it right now is the mills are in charge and while well, they're making material, you know, there are few people that are wanting to, to buy at the prices that there are. So when there's a small drop and they sell a bunch of it, I mean, they just drive the prices right back up. So um, yeah, just, availability, labor shortage. I mean, everything has just been hit. And we had that cold snap back in February. Um, they had pipes bursting down in Texas and right. places like that that supplied resins for making OSB. Um, just anything that seems like it could have happened this year has been happening. It's just one thing after another. Yeah, common theme. Yeah, for sure. I instantly go to just how long is it gonna last? And it sounds like we, we don't really know. But from your perspective, is it a bigger, is it the man that's pushing it up more? Is it the labor shortage? Can you attribute one more or the other? Because then the instant question as a consumer to me is, when's the right time for me to actually start looking for a home then? Because I've talked to a lot of my personal friends here in Omaha or in the market and you know, building a house is inflated a lot in the last right. year. And then that means the demand for buying a house is also increased as a result of it. And so like, as you, as a watchful consumer of like making decision of what I want to do, you know, you look at this, it doesn't seem like that big of an impact directly to me until it's like, I'm ready to go make an investment or, or do something with what I've been saving for over the past right. two or three years or something. Yeah. It's been a big question for everybody. I think, and I don't think that I have the answer. I mean, it's one of those things that if I had a couple of million dollars to go back and invest, you know, right when COVID hit on the lumber futures, like we'd be, we'd be sitting really good right now. You know? But, <laughs> yeah. You know, right now, I think the big thing is just, if I look forward, like the, the companies that I guess manufacture product have put a lot of the suppliers or wholesalers on allocation, 
So we can't buy more product than we bought the previous year, or they allow us a certain amount of footage or board footage to buy in a month or however much we can get. And with the boom in the sales for new home starts and for multifamily and all that assisted living stuff, um, it just, it seems like they're just pushing the problem, the problem back further and further, you know, if that makes sense. They're just yeah. everything that we can get caught up on. We can't actually get caught up on because we can't get the material to get caught up. And then you bring the labor side into it. And yeah, there just seems to be no end in sight here right now. Um, you know, there's guys that worked here that six months ago were telling people, you know what, it's not the time to build. Right. prices are going up it's crazy you look back at it like that was the time to build at the highest price back then because it's half of what it is now you know you think that you know what's going on you think that you understand the trends you think that you're going to see a price drop somewhere and it just hasn't happened yet have you ever seen i mean obviously you talked about you were you know in the industry back in 2008 um how would you kind of relate the, you know the first kind of crisis you went through to uh, this new kind of unseen supply shortage that we're going through right now. Uh, are there any kind of commonalities or things that you kind of learned um, from going through struggles like that before? You know, I was pretty lucky because I went from the residential side that the bubble burst into the general contracting side or the commercial side at that point, which was doing really well. Right. Um, but I have been talking with guys that have been in this business 40 plus years and they say, you know, if I were to quote them, their big thing is this has never happened. Wow. Like nothing like this has ever happened. Like they've seen shortages, they've seen pricing increases, but the way that this one has transpired and how long and the outlook, they've just never seen anything like it before because nobody can say, hey, drop the interest rate and this is going to happen or raise the interest rate and it's going to solve the problem because there's never been this big of a backlog. It seems like just, oh, the millennial population has pushed back like the purchase of that home so far and now everybody's trying to jump in at the exact same time right and we were such just we're at such a shortage for new homes right now that there's no way that we can catch up within the next i would say year to like solve the issue right now so it's going to go on for for the remainder of this year into next year um, i know guys that are quoting things that say yeah if, if we're lucky to you'll probably see you next spring you know, and that's unheard of. Usually you can get somebody out there within a couple of months to start your project or you sign a contract and they say, hey, we're going to be a six to nine month build. Right. You know, never do you hear guys saying, hey, we hope to have it done for you in a year, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. You know, it's just it's unheard of. Well, that also hurts their business, too, because they're not able to produce as many homes as quickly as they once were. So, you know, yeah. they're going to feel the effects of even just their own cash flow and, and business growth, even though the demand is there. It's if you can't get the materials to buy or to build it. Yeah. And one of the hurt, things you that can't make sales. Yeah, that that is exactly right. If you have the material to sell right now, you're doing pretty well. But if you don't have the material, it's hard to make money when you don't have anything to sell. Um, one of the other things that I think that people don't see or don't understand or even builders to a certain extent is like the raw material it takes to make the eye joists that go in the, the floor system for your house. You know, they have a certain, the mills have a certain percentage of material that they run that's set aside to make the two by three or whatever that goes top and bottom flange. 
you know, whereas it used to be that they would say, hey, 25 percent of what we're going to run is going to go to this. They have so much demand for other product that now that they're dropping that back, it's creating a bigger issue to get things like iJoyce for the floor systems or stress rated lumber for your floor trusses or your roof trusses. Um, the availability, we're buying product right now for projects that I have that are going to be starting in October, November, where I'm having to issue, you know, purchase orders and buy the material now in hopes that it's going to be here at that right. point. And that just to me is I six mean, that's, months from now. Yeah. That's really interesting. So when you, when you issue that purchase order that far in advance, I mean, you're doing that to lock in the pricing, I'm assuming, because because right now it's just so volatile. It's like get ahead of it, a because of supply, but also you don't know what the price is going to be. So you're better off capturing it now, or will you have to actually honor it, whatever the market value says it is, come no- November? Well, it depends on whether or not I've committed to like a contract where I'm getting a certain load at a certain price the day that it ships, or whether I've purchased the product now. Mm-hmm with the understanding that it's going to ship on this date and that's generally what i'm doing is i'm buying product now on um like a manufactured lvl or something like that i'm buying product today that i'm hoping i'm going to see in four months at the current time and we're having to say hey i'm paying today's price to get it then not knowing what the price is going to be then and then there are guys that are saying hey you can buy it, you can issue me a purchase order, but it's priced at the time of shipment. Gotcha. So, Interesting. I mean, you're seeing guys that are just, hey, at the time of shipment, we may have to ship you something else that's a higher grade, and we're gonna ship it without letting you know, and you're gonna pay the difference. It's amazing what people are doing now, and even the guys that have dropped a ton of money on buying lumber, there are guys that have had their orders canceled. Wow. You know, say that you put a, a bunch of money down and said, hey, I have this many houses, sale i need to buy this much lumber and then the mill comes back or um, your broker comes back and say hey, our order just got canceled there's nothing you can do other than hand somebody their money back right you know you can't get them product anymore and then then what happens you know just like we keep saying it just keeps on pushing this problem further and further back yeah so i'd assume you guys have very good relationships with your guys' builders here in omaha how are you working with them um, and the kind of advice that you're giving as they're, you know, currently trying to navigate, you know, the same sort of difficulties and situations that you guys are? Um, a lot of what we're doing right now is just working with people on lead times. Um, there's, you know, we can't solve the lead time from the manufacturer, but we work with them as best we can to get, hey, the first orders that come in, we're going to make sure that we get produced as soon as they get here to get them out to the customer in time. Um, but the best thing that a builder can do at the current time is, you know, work with their supplier on scheduling. If there's hiccups along the line or anything like that, you know, as soon as you can let your supplier know, like gone are the days of, Hey, we just sold a house and we'll have the foundation in, um, you know, in a couple of weeks here, can you put the lumber package together and have it out there in two, three weeks? It's just, it's not realistic right now. You know, when we're building wall panels or trusses, you know, right now I sign a contract today and I'm lucky if I'm going to see it beginning of October to middle of October. So scheduling is just, it's a major thing right now. And if builders aren't able to schedule, I mean, just the ability to provide product at the end of the day, when they say they're going to, is going to be very difficult. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and where technology kind of fits in, 
how do we evaluate like the builders that are kind of stuck in their old ways versus evolving and adapting new technology? I know you worked with us here at Builder Trend in the, the data report that we'll be releasing. And that was something they kind of lucked into is the how technology fits into making you a better business, but also helping you deal with some of these situations. What's your perspective with builders who are using technology versus the ones that aren't? I mean, the builders that are using technology are going to be the ones that are going to be able to anticipate what's going to happen with their schedule. They're going to be able to anticipate when they're going to be able to deliver product to the end user. Um, the guys that aren't using technology right now, I mean, they're going to be the ones that are going to they're going to get hurt on on the backside trying to turn something over to an owner that they think that they're going to have when you know they're not utilizing technology and saying, hey, if I've got to bump this from four weeks to 14 weeks, how does that affect every other contractor that I have involved? You know, there's just, there's a flow of construction that has to happen. And in order for any of that to happen, he's got to be on top of his schedule. Um, and if you don't have technology helping you out with, with that at this point, it's, I'd say it's, it's near impossible if you're, if you're a production builder or you've got multiple homes going on at one time or you're a GC that's got multiple projects going on right now, it's it's almost impossible to do it without scheduling software anymore. Um, I, even if we look at our pre-hung shop, the way that we're running right now, we're, we're booked out solid through, I'd say probably, oh, end of September, mid-October. And there's there's no downtime. There's no add and extra projects in there. There's no nothing. So if somebody comes to us on something that we bid last month, you know, they have to get it awarded to, I guess, us in this case, in order to see it in October, November. So without the the ability to see what that does to their schedule, you know, they may be jumping saying, hey, I, I think that I've got this taken care of. And then all of a sudden, no. And the next guy, you know, the price is 20, 30% higher or they're two, three months further out than we are. Um, so just without the scheduling thing, you know, guys are, they're just in the dark everything that you're just mentioning there, you know, about being able to push things back and understanding how that changes the rest of your schedule, obviously being able to link schedule items and builder trend is a huge thing there. It alerts everybody when those changes are happening, any purchase orders or anything that are tied to those scheduled also get pushed back as well too. So maybe we can drop a, a schedule overview in the show notes here um, for anybody that's curious about how builder trend can maybe solve some of those issues and I actually just got a brand new redesign, I think. Um, I got an email the other day from Builder Trends. That saying, is correct. He is correct. Yeah. So, so scheduling all your scheduling needs, uh, obviously, over at Builder Trend, we understand how important that is, and, and are actively working to help to try solve some of those issues. Jason, how how has your business changed with technology over the last few years? Are you guys uh, implementing it? Or are you going through a, a procedure that a lot of builders are going through? A few growing pains, or, or you know, what's what's your evolution you know, been like? <laughs> There are people that are on the leading edge, the bleeding edge, and then there are people that are on the dying edge. <laughs> and we tend to use things until they die. And we're actually in the process right now. Uh, we've got a, a computer committee that's meeting, trying to upgrade our system to be able to incorporate a lot more of the things that we're talking about, just because we're starting to see some of the pains of what old technology isn't capable of. Right. Um, and then just the growth that we've seen, we're needing the updates in order to be able to do a lot of the things that we're talking about on just tracking different things from whether it's shipment production, um, where our trucks are going, where they're at, you know, timing of deliveries, all that type of stuff. We know that there's newer stuff out there that can definitely help us out with that. So um, I don't know if that answers your no, question yeah, or not. It, I, I'm really interested in the, the 
supply market and their technological adaptation. We're seeing it with the with the builders, but as an amateur who has only made a career talking to builders about building houses and whatnot. Whenever I start talking to people who are in the actual material supply and the manufacturing, it's kind of intimidating because there's so many variables. It's it, I've seen the inventory sheets, I've seen suppliers and it's just like, how, how, where do you start? Where do you begin? So it's really yeah. interesting to get your perspective because I can totally see it. If something's successful, tampering with that can be almost dangerous because you might overlook something or, or you might end up changing something that you mean to. So I'd like to get kind of That's a been one of our downfalls I think over the years too, is just like, Hey, it's worked really well for us. Right. But reality is like, we've kind of, we've outgrown it and there are better things out there, even though it works well, there are better things out there now, you know, we just need to change and we need to get with, with the time some, you know, and just the reality is that, um, yeah, we could use some of that software upgrading too. So. Well, I, I love the title, uh, computer committee. That sounds like a committee. Very I'd, official. I'd, yeah. I would love to the be computer on committee. So hopefully they get you guys <laughs> pointed in the right direction. I didn't there. come up with it. So. <laughs> well, Jason, I think we're just about out of time and this was a great conversation. Thank you for joining us. And hopefully it gave some insights to our listeners about kind of the things that are happening and, and we didn't have any answers, but we certainly, <laughs> Uh, got some some insight. So thank yeah, you. Super beneficial, Jason. Oh, appreciate I appreciate your time. it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, this is great. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to Building Code. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And please join us on the Building Code crew on Facebook. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>